The Gorgeous Girl on the Harley Sportster 883. The Harley Sportster 883, bought one at the helm, pulls into the parking lot with deliberation and a dollop of wobble. Clearly, the Sportster's pilot is no paragon of riding expertise. Squatting next to his RS, checking tire pressure, Stud McIntyre watches the Harley swing into the lot, just shy of a stall. Any slower, thinks Stud, and that sorry-ass excuse for a motorcycle might just topple over. Kind of odd even seeing a Harley. Off and on now for the last few years, Stud has been doing this Saturday morning canyon run and can't recall once seeing a Harley. Or any other American bike. BMWs, mostly. Ducatis, the occasional Honda or Kawasaki Sport Tourer. Big boy bikes. Not rice rockets or Milwaukee noise machines. But hey, it's a casual motorcycle ride. All welcome. That's when Stud sees the hair, the blonde locks flowing out from under the back of the helmet. A chick on a Harley? Nah, probably just some long-haired punk. Stud stands, takes a closer look. Definitely a chick. No long-haired punk has a body like that. Long, lean, slender bod covered in tight-fitting leathers. Harley leathers, Harley boots, Harley helmet. Harley Sportster 883, all brand spanking new. With the helmet and goggles, it's tough to see much of her face. Age difficult to detect, but impossible to hide that body. Stud, genetically programmed to spread his seed, wants some of that action. Engines fire, throttles wind, time to roll. Stud pulls on his jacket, secures his helmet, throws a long leg over his seat and mounts up. He glances over at something else he'd like to mount up. The bikes pull out of the lot one by one. Stud waits till the end, waits for the Harley. She waves for him to go ahead. He nods and rolls out onto the street. She follows, cautiously. Less than a mile down the road, she's fallen behind and out of sight. Stud slows, The Harley appears in his mirrors. He lets her catch up, accelerates, tries to draw her back up to the pack. She tries, but rides so slowly through the twisties going over Hell Mountain that he knows the pack will soon be long gone. At the summit, he pulls off at the overlook. A few minutes later, she pulls in next to him. They turn off their engines and climb off their bikes. They take off their helmets. She shakes out those long, blonde locks. He takes a double, then a triple take. Silky blonde hair, blue almond-shaped eyes, sky-high cheekbones, skin perfectly clear and smooth. Insanely beautiful, almost surreal, like nothing Stud has ever seen. You're sweet, she says, to wait, but you didn't have to. I'm kind of new at this. Hey, says Stud, you're doing great. You, she says, ride magnificently. Stud wants to ask, Is there any possible chance I might be able to ride you? They go to dinner. That same night, Italian. She orders 
chicken parmesan with linguine and red sauce on the side. Eats it all, plus half a loaf of garlic bread, Caesar salad, and a double gelato. He marvels how she can eat like that and still look like that. She laughs. Genetically lucky, I guess. Plus, I have a very fast metabolism, and I exercise a ton. I do a lot of spin and kickboxing. Good God, thinks Stud. I'd like her to spin and kickbox me. She has excellent teeth, straight and white, but not too white. A perfect smile. She's a perfect ten, thinks Stud. A perfect physical specimen. So, he asks, trying to sound like a normal guy, making adult conversation, and not some ape-like creature only interested in copulation. What made you buy a Harley? Oh, well, a woman I work with, she rides one, and she talked me into it. Well, that's cool. Where do you work? Over at the college. Assistant Dean of Students. I started last fall. I love it. Assistant Dean of Students. Impressive. So you're not only drop-dead gorgeous and in incredible shape, but you're educated and intelligent to boot. She blushes. I don't know if any of that is true, but I do have parents who encourage me to be well-rounded. Well, their encouragement sure has paid off, says Stud, in spades. You're so sweet. Oh, no, I'm not. Well, maybe you are. Listen, let me ask you something. Go ahead. Do you have any idea at all just how beautiful you are? I may or may not look beautiful on the outside, but it's what's on the inside that counts. Stud drives her home. She invites him in, pours two glasses of wine. They chink glasses and drink. He asks her if it would be okay if he kissed her. She says it would be okay. He kisses her on the mouth. Her breath, even after all that garlic bread and Caesar salad, is sweet, intoxicating. She kisses him back, a bit awkwardly. He kisses her again with more ardor. She responds, but, well, kind of mechanically. He sits back on the sofa looks at her in the soft light. Her beauty mesmerizes. He unbuttons her blouse. She does not resist. He unzips her jeans. She does not resist. He pulls off her jeans and panties. She does not resist. She lies back on the sofa. He tears at his clothes. In no time they are united. He moans and groans, beside himself with lust and desire for this excruciatingly beautiful young woman. She just lies there, doesn't really move much at all, legs out straight, slightly parted, arms at her sides. Well, Stud, he wants to get her revved up, wants her to move and groove. He tries this and that, fast and slow, deep and shallow, but soon he's over the edge, no turning back now, and shortly thereafter, they lie side by side. God, Stud declares, panting, that was to kill for absolutely incredible. How was it for you? It was very nice. You seemed, says Stud, I I don't know, like, like maybe, like maybe you weren't sure. Oh, I was never so sure of anything in my life. Stud stays a while longer, then shoves off after assuring her he'll call soon. On the way home, he thinks, absolutely, I'll call her. Can't pass that stuff up. Plus, I gotta take her to meet the buds. One look at that, and their eyes will bug right out of their heads. I just won't tell them, well, that she kind of screws like a corpse. 
Oh, Christ, Stud mutters right out loud. You can't have everything. Now, back at the apartment, Tommy Screwball Turner, the designer and engineer of Betty AI Model 14F Bot 1, opens Betty's rear control panel and snaps out the ECB, Emotion Control Board. All in all, Tommy thinks, an exceptional performance. The dexterity on the Harley, the easy interaction with the monkey, the natural movements, the silky smoothness of the conversation, only a tad stilted here and there, all first-rate and 100% human. Sure, okay, a bit of a hiccup there at the end, with the intercourse. Don't want to leave the monkey cranky and dissatisfied. But really, no big thing. Just need to get Betty moving, like she's on the edge of orgasm, never ever so happy in her short, artificial life. Perfect that illusion, Tommy Screwball Turner thinks, and all need for AHFs, authentic human females, with all of their fears and insecurities, fixations and paranoias, will come to a screeching halt.